going to be chatting in this hour about the science of obscenity. I'm going to be chatting to Dr. Ken Resnick about that. And then we're also going to be talking about uh, Pigasso, the pig who paints. Can you believe it? And I'm also going to be sharing you a commentary somebody's made about La La Land. Uh, the, the Oscars are coming up and they're saying that they've seen the movie. They find it quite so-so. And they explain why they think it should win. And explain, uh, I suppose, uh, the sense of how some things are talked up and the issue of awards and what wins awards so we will we will be doing that we've also got um, a story about a parrot who went missing and came back and only spoke Spanish (laughs) which is bizarre (laughs) went out got lost speaking English and came back speaking Spanish so we've got some animal stories we'll also pick up a little bit later about the issue of animals in circuses Uh, But right now, I'm going to uh, Dr. Ken Resnick in Johannesburg. He's an educational psychologist. Uh, uh, Good morning, Dr. Ken. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Good. Yeah. I mean, the the, the science of, of, of obscenity, you know, most people, when it comes down to swearing, people um uh, often purse their lips and and it it presents real problems to some people um so i was really excited when i read this article about uh, the linguist michael adams who's who's got a new book called in praise of profanity and yeah. and he says you know no one seems to spend much time thinking about the good it does yeah. Um, and 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 of course he said that you know if it if it wasn't for the as long as we haven't cured cancer it's hard to get a grant to study dirty words so whilst there's been a lot of research he suggests that a lot more can be done yeah right so so you want me to comment so uh, well the the one thing that i wanted to um to, to just before we, we we chat is i wanted to talk about obviously the benefits of swearing i don't know if you're aware of some of that research that they did um about that it's quite old right. research it's not new yeah yeah I look i funny enough when i heard i was coming on the radio i had a, yeah. i googled and there's a guy his name's bergen and he actually studied, he's made a study, he's a scientist, and he's done a lot of research in 2016 on the science of swearing. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, every, everybody swears right across, uh, you know, whatever culture, whatever they are, they're swearing. Mm. And as he mentioned, it, it's, it either has to do with religion, with, with sex or bodily functions. But, you know, when I was growing up, and I'm quite old, it was unheard of to swear in front of girls. Movies were very clean. My dad never saw. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I mean, it's all all sort of relative to the situation. Absolutely. We all want to express ourselves sometimes, but it depends how you do it. So if you're going to verbally abuse somebody, whether you're using a swear word or whatever, it's not okay. 
but there's no question it doesn't do any harm. It's not going to harm somebody. A child hearing a swear word is not going to grow up with some sort of traumatic mental health problem. Well, I think it can offend. And I think, you know, we've got to be cognizant of that. And of course, you delving already into the history of it. And yes. the interesting thing was that the swear words originally were actually originally about religion. Yes, it was the body parts that only came much, much later. And, sure. and that I found quite interesting. And, and so when you, when you consider the, uh, the, the issue of um, the words like um, crikey and cripes and jeez louise and jeepers creepers, those are all words which were evolved from a religious slander. Uh, and only after Renaissance did we get to this this more um, uh, body part kind of swearing. Yes, well, I, I, I do remember that uh, certainly in the, uh, the 60s and 50s and 60s, they used to cut out words like "Oh God." With yes. the cut out of movies. Yes. But you, you know, you've, it, you've, you've highlighted something. When, when, when you grew up, and certainly when I grew up, you know, as a child in the 60s, you know, when you said bloody, that was scandal, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, nobody um, will question that. And I grew up in a home where, where as you said, you, you, you would certainly censor a lot of your swearing. And then... My mom, especially in her old age, she swore with such profanity. And there's something about an 89-year-old who swears, who does it with much more gravitas than any light he can. Um, but what I found also interesting was the, the neurophysiology of it um, and, and the fact that if somebody um, has damaged their brain and they cannot speak, they might still be able to swear. Yes, well, I read that. Yeah, it's, 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 that's very interesting. And I think I think we all want to express ourselves uh, in frustration at a lot of things. Mm, and mm. I mean, the, the best way to do it, I suppose, is swearing. You know, you hit your, mm. hit your finger with a hammer and you're trying to put in a nail. Yes. You know, you're not going to say, oh, poor finger. I you're mean, not going to say, geez, Louise, you know. <laughs> And, it's a, and so it's, a, it's an expression. But what I, you know, you mentioned hitting your finger. What I also liked about the research is that swearing can actually help you endure the pain. And they did this, it's a widely cited experiment. What they did is they got people to plunge their hand into cold water and yep. keep it there as long as they could. Yes. Uh, so you know this one, okay? I read, I, funny enough, I, I read all, that, all of that. I thought, let me just read something about yes, it. Yes, okay. I saw that. They had done that. And, and I mean, you know, but at the end of the day, for me, the only thing, certainly if it comes to children, whatever, yes. if swearing directly at a child is verbal abuse. It's abusive, and there's much more than the swearing behind it. Mm. But to just, you know, to let uh, out an expletive, uh, I mean, kids are hearing this all over the show. It's become a norm in songs, in music. Uh, there's lots of swearing. But at the end of the day, there's people. Some people get offended. Yes. And I remember certainly again growing up. You know, if you, you said some religious word like you know, jeepers or creepers, yeah. people got really offended, and you had yes. to be careful what you said. It seems to have lost 
quite the same sort of offensiveness that it had. Yes. But if people are offended, you just got to respect that, I think. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. But b- before we get to the children, I just want to come back to the research um, for listeners to know, because I think it's quite important. They, they got somebody to put their hand in the cold water and keep it yeah. there as long as they could. And the one group, they said they could utter a swear word if they wanted to while they were doing this. And then yeah. the others, they suggested that they were told to say some word like would which, of course, is like so neutral. And they found that the ones that were, who did swear were able to keep their hands in the water significantly longer than the pure-mouthed group could. Yeah, it is very interesting. But if you think expressing would compared to a real good swear word, yeah. you're just definitely letting out a lot more. Yeah. There's just something about it, some emotion. You're letting out a lot more emotion, I think, in just saying the word. I don't know why. But, but you brought up children, and a lot of people yeah. will not want to do that in front of children. Um, so, so if a child does it, and they put, you know, they hit their hand with a hammer, and they let out an, expre- an expletive, you might also just wonder, where does that come from? So, I mean, we do have to have some sort of awareness of that. Yes, because the research you know didn't... They, children are hearing it on the playground. The big thing yeah. is they often do it to shock a parent. They've just heard the word. They have no idea of the context of the word. Yes. Certainly young yes. children, they don't. But you don't want to overreact to it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, be- because they, just, they must probably just heard the word. They have yeah. no clue what it means. Well, what a lot of people are saying is if you take away swear words, what you end up with is fist and guns. So it's a way of expressing, as you said, an yeah. emotion which um, is pent up. And as a psychologist, yeah. you know the damage that can be done by that. Absolutely. You know, I, I just, my dad, I, I never swore. Yeah. But he wasn't a good parent. <laughs> you know, and, and there was just no correlation between the two. I'd rather that he swore and was a better parent than not swearing, not being a great parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I quite like the fact that they can isolate this and this issue of people who can't speak, who can swear. And That is very interesting. And, yeah. and, and this idea that this profanity comes from this primitive limbic system, which is, is embedded below the cortex, and, and it controls emotion. So it's an emotive expression rather yes. than a communication, you know. No, no absolutely. And, and well, on Facebook, somebody said um, that they saw a bumper sticker saying swearing is the crutch of the conversational cripple. A lot of people feel that way. I, I know, but I think possibly that bit, being a bit snobbish, Okay. It depends how you do it. You know, if you are lost for words, and that's all you do. But it's a it's a major generalisation there. Yeah. Well, Linda also says on Facebook, foul language is used by those with intellectual disabilities. There is nothing else to say. So some people are quite clear on that. Yeah, but if you take somebody like Hemingway and some of these great authors and whatever, they swore like troopers. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's a hell of a generalization. You'd have to do quite a lot of research to really prove that point. It's an opinion more than anything else. Yes, but for, for me, the, the, the emotional thing is so important. And yeah. this week, I was also chatting um, uh, about language and mother language. And the, the, so I don't know if you also saw this, this research where they found that some people, of course, are shocked by swearing and they will have a physiological response, which can actually be measured by a polygraph. And tellingly, people who can speak several languages will sweat more when the taboo word is in their first language. Interesting. Interesting. That, that is interesting, research. I didn't know about that. So now I but want to know. 
I want to know all the swear words in different languages. <laughs> but of course, we can't do that on on radio. <laughs> I, I think, to me, the, the, there's no language that beats Afrikaans when it comes to swearing. I, I mean, it's so expressive. <laughs> you can't say any English word like you can in Afrikaans. Some of the swear words, they, yeah, they you yeah. know, they they really put something across. Yeah. I'm chatting to Dr. Ken Resnick. If you want to call or comment, you can do so. 021-446-0567. You can also SMS uh, 31567 or WhatsApp 0725671567. What I also find interesting is that in Japan, they don't actually have swear words like one word, finish and klar. And right. so if you want to insult someone in Japan, you have to tell them that they made a mistake or they've done something foolish. <laughs> And so apparently there was this Japanese ball, uh, baseball star and he came and, and he played obviously in America and he said, Western languages, allow me to say things that I otherwise can't. He said with great gusto. <laughs> well, you see, he must probably feed himself, you know, just being able to express something that he couldn't do before. Let's go to Jim in Brooklyn. Hi, Jim. Hello, Lindsay Love. Can Hi. you hear me okay, first of all? Yes, loud and clear. That's good. Uh, what happened with me was many years ago, back, I can say the actual year was 1954, I was working at a factory in the UK and we were making the first generation computers. They worked on a higher voltage than they do nowadays, There's two higher ones, namely 150 and 200 volts. And we were engaged in the testing of them and that sort of thing. And one of the guys working there, actually he was the first guy in the department, I was the second guy there, he used to be a fireman. And he worked in London, and his chief went with him to a, a fire in a block of flats in London known as Peabody Mansions. There are many of these, and they're terrible places, actually. Grey brick and white tiles and stuff. Anyway, uh, this fireman, this chief, was in one flat, uh, there's an old lady there, and he stuck his head in the fireplace to look up the chimney to see how far up the chimney, the communal chimney, the fire was. And a piece of burning soot fell on his nose. Well, he had, he had his helmet <laughs> off while he was in the fireplace, and he brought it back smartly, and the fireplace is made of cast iron, and he hit the back of his head on there. And he yelled out, and the old lady came into the room and said, did you want a bucket? <laughs> so, uh, uh, every, <laughs> you know, this phrase got carried around because us boys working on the floor would often put our knees onto an electrical part or a hand or something and swiftly draw it back and bash our arm or something. And then someone further down the floor would say, did you want a bucket? And that <laughs> phrase has carried into my vocabulary even today. It was great. A wonderful story. Uh, and you can almost see the, the pan face saying it. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Bye-bye, lovey. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jim, for that. Um, yeah, Ken, there's, there is something... Um, expressive uh, about uh, about some words and also the way that people respond also in that sardonic 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 fashion um, absolutely bev via whatsapp asks a very important question who decide which word is a swear word and who's to say um that oh lemon can't be a swear word no absolutely 
You know, it's it, it's totally up to the person. You know, mm. I, I have funny enough, just a little story I had with uh, uh, the, the the boyfriend of a of a cousin of mine, and I used to say to him, "How's it, my boy?" Gee, and I saw him getting irritated, and he said, "Stop calling me my boy." Well, I mean, <laughs> if I'd sworn at him, it might have been more acceptable. So mm. I suppose, you know, everything's relative. Mm. And uh, But there's no question, if you're looking at does it do damage, mm. um, I don't know if it does damage, unless there's a huge amount of aggression aimed directly at people, you know, in terms of any trauma and things like that. Mm. But, it, but it's, it's offensive to some people. And as I said, we just maybe need to respect that. Yeah. I I was amazed. Um, there's, I mean, of course, how many books are out, but not so much when you consider that these are rude words and people want to know them. There's a, a Green's Dictionary of Slang, and it's got, uh, that was brought out in 2010, and it's got 1,740 words for sexual intercourse, 1,351 for penis, 1,180 for vagina, 634 for anus or buttocks, and 540 for uh, defecation and urination, which tells you that there's interestingly more for the males. <laughs> Absolutely. And gee, you can't live a lifetime and say all those words you know, in, in certain situations. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, well, I suppose, you know, it's that it's also just going to that emotive, that limbic uh, part of our brain. That's And, yeah. and, and there are, uh, you know, times where a specific kind of language certainly... Uh, has has a place, um, and and once once again, you you were highlighting, you know, when we in public, we also have to be cognizant of other people. And yeah. I mean, we were talking about, do you want a bucket? But there, a lot of people believe that the F word is an acronym. Do you know what yeah. what yes, the I myth know. is? Yes, I know what I know what it is. Did you know what it is? Yes, and I I thought I could give you the chance to say the word to, to say, say what to say what it's not. The the acronym that people a lot of people yes yeah you know. it's fornicating unlawful carnal knowledge oh I've got some I've got four unlawful carnal knowledge but I got fornicating I heard unlawful carnal okay, knowledge okay and, and and that's not true so isn't it funny how we also just you know label it differently that's it. Um, the, yeah. apparently it's uh, because they said it wouldn't be so many obvious cognates in the other languages so they say um, in German. It's ficken, which is to copulate, and in Norwe- in Norwegian it is um, fuka, and in the Middle Dutch it's fokken, and in um, and but they say all of them have this Germanic root meaning, interesting, uh, which means to go back and forth. Um, interesting, isn't it amazing at the origin of all these words? And I wonder what the origin of the other ones are. You know, which we can't even. Radio, yes. Well, well, I think you know that this. I mean, the whole point about this is that there's a science to it, and that it can explain things, and it, it and, and and it can also help us deal with things, and it can also help us express some things which would you know mitigate against us acting in a way which is inappropriate. Because yes. I think if you're going to look at either a swearing or b, unfortunately, though, I think I don't know. Uh, what do you think about this? But sometimes people use swearing in a way almost to work themselves up to this when they go postal and the baseball bat go, comes out. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Look, there's, there's no question. Yeah, and so much depends on, on the sort of personality. You know, if it's somebody that suppresses feelings all the time, allows them to build up and then 
one incident just blows. He could blow up in rage, rules with whether it's with swear words, explosive baseball bats, the whole lot. Yeah. And and people that do become enraged tend to suppress and bottle up feelings. And sure as nuts, I'm sure a whole lot of swear words are going to come out when he's when you know when that bubble bursts. So it, it's yeah, uh, there's a lot to the personality, I think. You know, in terms of how you use swear words. Mm, mm. I mean, you were talking also about growing up. Do you think that um, movies and 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 obviously television? I mean, we only got television in 1976. So when when I grew yeah. up, you know, you you didn't have access to that, and certainly everything was beeped out. Um, yes. Do Do you think that the the bombarding of profanities makes people more likely to swear, or do you think that um, it's a natural evolution when we... I think it's become part of everyday language. With kids, okay. you just walk past any group of school kids. Okay. We, we never saw uh, like that when we were young, and okay. definitely not in front of girls. But it okay. was because in movies as well, there, there was no swearing, yes. there was no sex. I mean, yeah. the, the censorship laws in the 50s in America, if a couple were lying on the bed, they had to be fully clothed, and the man had to have his leg on the floor. Yeah. So I think that, you know, we just didn't, weren't exposed to these things. Yes. But now with the internet and with parents allowing their kids to have cell phones, mm. it's un, people, parents will not believe or understand what their kids, little kids of seven or eight are being exposed to. I mean, it's what, just everywhere. What used to happen to you when you used to swear as a child? I mean, did, did, you, did you get threatened with the whole soap in your mouth kind of no, response? No, not, not really. I didn't, I think we were a bit more... I don't think any any one of us grew, growing up would swear directly at our parents. I, I, I just don't remember that. Today, there are many kids that swear at their parents. Yeah, look, I suppose if something slipped or they might have threatened with mustard or something like that. Mm. But um, but at the end of the day, it was it, it was really different because mm. there was so little out there to mm. read. You know, novels didn't have much swearing in them. Mm. In those days, mm. and movies mm. definitely didn't. Mm. And uh, but, and I think the whole thing has evolved now, where you've got songs and music and mm. so on, mm. uh, with, with everyday you know, popular songs with lots of swearing. Mm. But, mm. It, but the thing is that uh, it's become part of just young kids' the whole social scene. Mm. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, it's not the word that's going to make the person. The person that'll make the word, you know, and how they use it. I suppose for me, there's a there's a distinction, and a lot of people are saying, you know, if you don't have a vocabulary, you will swear. For me, being in education for so many years, you know, you obviously can't swear when you're educating. Um, and I was educating young adults, but it's just not yes, appropriate. Yes. It's not appropriate to swear on radio. So in a sense, what you do is you self-select. And at the point at which you relaxed, well, I mean, you then let rip. Yes. No, but you see, see like I see clients. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I think uh, my, my, uh, you know, my whole purpose is that the client relates to me. They don't see me as somebody that, is, that knows more than them, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And the mm. moment they start relaxing, they start swearing. Uh, you know, and I know mm. that, again, 30 years ago, that nobody would have sworn in a counseling session. But now they swear, the moment they trust the situation and they feel this is going to be the best way they can express it, okay. you actually get to understand your client a lot better. Do you think you know, that Knowing that they feel totally comfortable to swear. So you would almost worry if they didn't? In some cases, yes. <laughs> it's quite a. That is, when I first started practicing, you know, again, not yes. needed, but these days. 
Yes. Oh, yeah, the words fly thick and fast in therapy, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Tom, and he's saying he's the real Tom, not the imposter Tom, is saying, I love using dirty words during sex and hearing my partner do so as well. I don't know why, but it just intensifies the experience. And perhaps it's the whole taboo vibe, I guess, he says. Part of it and the fantasy. And there's a lot of... uh, there's a lot of power saying the word, you know. There's a uh, it, it it generates a lot of sort of controlling sort of power, especially for a man and a woman to say that back as well. I, you know, there's some I suppose some sort of turn on. With somebody that's not used to it, it could be a shock. But uh, at the end of the day, it it depends on the mood, I suppose. You know, well, when there's I... a lot of aggression or something going on, but it it, it does turn a lot of people on to hear that from a partner, but. Again, it's all relative and yes. it's a personal thing. Well, I, I suppose that I, I would think also that you were talking about power plays and and coming from a time when perhaps, you know, women didn't swear. I mean, people say, you know, yeah. and, and you'd say, oh, he swears like a trooper, implying yeah. that when a whole lot of men get together, there will be swearing. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and often mean bravado. You know, men are unbelievable in bravado, you know, what they did to women. Meanwhile, I don't think I've even touched the woman. Mm, mm. Men are quite complicated when it, in a social scene, mm. talking about their wives and what they've done. And, uh, you know, it makes them seem more like a big deal at times. It's, yes. it's, it's very interesting to see. how pe- You can see the person. I think you can suss them out, the one that's swearing and is from another planet. Yes. And the other one that's just quite natural about it and doesn't seem to offend anyone, you know. Mm, mm. It's it's almost um, an, uh, about how people can be more real because you you, yeah. you you and that's why I really like the science of the language and the first language and how because I often say to people when you get a motive you change your language and you go to your mother tongue and I think it's the same thing in a way with swearing you you go to that limbic place. Yeah, you've just you've just hit onto something because my experience now certainly as I'm getting older. The majority of people suppress their feelings. You know, they, they have to put on a, a facade to the world, to their friends. Everybody's got to look happy. Uh, when they've got issues, they don't deal with it. They withdraw, and then they might blow up, and then everything does come out. Mm. And, you know, swearing is often just when the bubble is burst. They just they control things too much. Mm. They're not upfront in terms of dealing with things. People mm. don't seem to like confrontation, or mm. they see confrontation mm. as having to be aggressive. Mm. And being aggressive means you've got to swear. So we're just not honest enough to, to, to say how we feel, but if we prodded enough, mm. we will let rip. Mm. Somebody taps mm. you on that forehead long enough, mm. <laughs> you're not going to say, please top, you know, you're going to let them have it. Well, also, it was interesting you say that because part of the research also speaks of the fact that a a story or a rude story um, can be an icebreaker. You know, when people are new and they're dancing tentatively around each other and suddenly somebody says something almost outrageous and everyone just starts laughing, breaks the ice and then you get real. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because everybody does swear. Everybody does, even the ones that don't swear and do, do feel it's offensive. But, you know, where, where, you know, where's the planet? It must be a certain social circle that they mix in. But the whole secular world, you, you're going to find 
just in virtually everybody's feeling. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I suppose you've just got to respect that person. <laughs> Jason from Cape Town says, who remembers Chris Dingle saying the F word on midweek on SABC? It was a scandal. I yeah. was laughing about that. <laughs> I remember Eric Egan going right back to Springback Radio. I mean, he told them us he knocked you little joke and they banned him. It was, yeah, 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 but I don't know if I can tell it now, but it was such a innocuous joke. Everything shocked everybody, you know. Quite ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, Jim wants to share a story. I've also got an email from Angela on, sure. on, on words that, that you get passed down from, from uh, grandparents. Jim, hi. Hi, love. Now, another little story was about a duke and a duchess uh, uh, with a butler. And the butler used to read a story to the duke nightly and uh, he came across the expression faux pas but he pronounced it forks pass and the colonel said no it's um the duke rather said no it's um it's pronounced faux pas it's when you um when you do uh, when you make look he said i can best give you an example he said you remember the other day i went out into the rose garden and i pricked my thumb very badly on a rose thorn and um it was afternoon time, and you were bringing in the afternoon tea, and my wife, the Duchess, said to me, uh, darling, does your prick still throb? And you dock the tea tray. That's a faux pas. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh, no. Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, Angela wrote about when she she was a child, and uh, she says, and of course, when she was a child, she of course knew that the correct word for a penis was trallywagger. And she says her <laughs> friends knew this too. And in those days, we did not have high walls in Rondebosch Mountainside Valley, so we could play in the street, creating memories and sharing secrets and words. Um, and, and, she, and of course, I love the way she says it. And some words were barely whispered as we blushed with the mention of the unmentionable. And she said, um, no doubt the children trailing behind my older sister in those innocent gang days learned the word from her because she was the leader of our little gang, worldly wide and sophisticated. And she knew these things. And, and she said... Um, had you asked the neighborhood children back then for another word for a trallywagger, and we would probably have been confused by the question. We all knew what a trallywagger was, and we never imagined <laughs> it could be known by any other word. And she said only as a teenager um, when she learned that this was coined by her Irish grandmother. <laughs> and she said at 60, she tracked down so many of her friends from those childhood days, and they've now all around the world in Brighton and Paris and Australia and Brazil. And um, she says it's extraordinarily satisfying to know uh, that they and now their children continue to use this ridiculous word. There we go. <laughs> there we go. But it, man, it's wrong. nobody, that's for yeah. sure. And she says the only difference is that the whispers of childhood have become confident bellows as taboos <laughs> fall away with the decades. <laughs> no, absolutely. Isn't it amazing? That's right. I mean, it, it's just amazing. That's, you just got to just walk past a group of kids. You, you'll be hearing swearing for sure. Yeah. The boys in front of the girls, the girls at the boys, it's quite quite amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if I, if I can just tell you that joke, I was just thinking about what Eric Egan told, you know. Um, he, he used to do the morning show on Springback Radio, and he told us that he, I think he, he said, um, you know how to catch a polar bear. 
And what you do is you make a hole in the ice and you put a whole lot of peas around the ice hole. And when the, when the bear comes for a pea, you kick him in the ice hole. <laughs> now, for that little joke, he, he was banned for about three weeks or a month or whatever the case was. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we've come a long way, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and isn't that funny? I've just got a WhatsApp because it says, um, uh, Ol says, please um, uh, ask your guest to tell the polar bear joke <laughs> by Eric Egan. Isn't that funny? And you've just told it. Um, <laughs> there you go. He went to it was unbelievable. They suspended him. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and out of children's ears, I always love that one. Yeah. Kids don't understand it's just a word. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think yeah. you're actually going to traumatize them for after the way we behave sometimes. And know? I think that's why Bev made such an important point is it, it is just a word and we we create it into something and we give it such that's import. It. Um, and children aren't responding to the word. They're responding to our response to the word. That's it. And, and we, we don't understand that. And often, you know, we, we, we young kids, for instance, violence on TV doesn't affect them one bit. And you're up to the age of six or seven. If they are stable, kids were put up in a, in a well-structured home, etc., then mm. fine. Mm. If they come from a home where there's violence, etc., well, that might aggravate it. Mm. But the TV never causes a problem. Mm. Unless you're allowing a kid to sit there 24-7. Mm. So we have these funny little ideas about kids, mm. but it doesn't work that way with kids because they don't understand. They they they, they can't understand any abstract sort of concept. Mm. But they know it's a swear word. They get attention, and mom nearly has a heart attack. Well, <laughs> you well, know, he's going to either play up or do something. You know. Well, the 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 funny thing is that Angela's email was in response to a chat we had last night about why don't we use words like oh you're a real moaning mini or you're a nosy parker um, yes. all those kind of really cutesy pootsy kind of words that we grew up with now yes, everybody right. just launches you know yeah and, uh, and that's basically a softened down swear word anyway yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, the moment you've got to get personal, nosy park, I mean, there's so many other words you could say that have much yeah. more impact. Yeah, yeah. But now, what do parents do? I mean, because, you know, you speak about, you know, it, it, it's not offensive, it's just a word. But parents also want to bring their children up so that they don't come across as delinquents. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, this is where we've got it all wrong today. If, if I can just sidetrack a little bit. Because what's really gone wrong from my perspective, and I do a, a lot of work with this now, is that kids have to be guided to adulthood by an adult. And they're born with passion. They mm. want to go and learn. They're born wanting to learn. Mm. But what happens is parents follow each other with technology has totally destroyed it. Some people think it's teaching them about the computer, so we'll put them in front of a TV screen at the age of three or four. But at the end of the day, do that to a child, it means they've got to be entertained. And, and the moment the child says, I'm bored, when they're not watching TV, you've got a major problem. Because there's so much, we're born to be creative. We're born to go out there and invent things and do things. Mm. And, it, and it's, it's turning kids into TV addicts, uh, PlayStation addicts. They can do nothing on their own. So the problem starts there. And intermingled with that is going to be a difficult kid. And often they might be swearing. You know, you'll get a mom that'll use it and she'll swear at the kid. Mm. But so it's not the actual word. It's the situation that is always the problem. With a, a word thrown in, maybe, you know, it's like throwing in a few nails. But, uh, but the actual swear word itself 
Yeah, and of course you don't make a habit of swearing in front of kids in a normal sort of situation, right? because they don't understand the context, but they can hear it's not the norm. And mm. they can take it out there and even use it in the classroom, you know? Mm, mm. Interestingly, Tom says it's all about timing and contexting and respecting those around you. Absolutely. I think that's, that's, that's well summed up. It yeah. really is. You know, because we've all got our feelings, I suppose most of us have got our own prejudices, prejudices mm, and mm. I think with every, with every prejudice comes some swear word. Mm, mm. And uh, suppose, you don't have to use it. I suppose there's a, there's a difference between a, a, a child hearing a grandparent swear when they've hit them their finger with a, with a hammer um, and a parent, f- for example, who's driving in the traffic and almost is at the equivalent of road rage with the swearing um, because the, the, the child, of course, is taking that all in. Well, the, the child will become insecure. When a child sees a parent annoyed, upset, they can only relate it to their world. They will never understand what is actually the problem because they've never experienced that. Throwing a few swear words over that is going to maybe maybe make them even a bit scared, Mm. especially if uh, the parents do be angry. Mm. And it's going to make them insecure because they're going to be uncertain if the parents may be upset with them because they can't relate to what is the problem. So their car came here or whatever, whatever, but mom's gone bananas. So we've always got to be careful that, you know, the swearing comes with the scenery. And it's normally a person that is not in a good space that swears all the time. And if you've got to be swearing at kids every time they're not brushing their teeth and calling, you know, using the F word, etc., mm-hmm. uh, that kid's not going to feel safe because you're not saying it in a right tone. Kids can pick up a tone. Mm-hmm. And when you're swearing, you know, you normally got a tone that's quite aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it's that aggression rather than actual word that, that will make the child insecure or not feel safe. Mm. Etc. Mm. So yeah, they could use any other word, but the tone it said is what, what really gets the child insecure. And parents are not knowing how to, they're exposing kids to far too much. It's ridiculous, you know, and uh, instead of ensuring that kids are given an opportunity to read and not just watch TV all afternoon because it mm. keeps them quiet. Mm. And then they often will use the word just to test their parent because they heard it on the TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but the problem is they're allowing them to sit all day in front of a TV. I mean, it just totally paralyzes all that passion that they, mm. as I said, that they should have. Mm. Uh, before you uh, you came on to do this interview, I played a really ridiculous song of a of a singing dentist, and in the song it was rhyming. You know, it was it was it was he was hamming it up, and he he didn't say the word poo. It was just. There was a gap, but you, of course, knew what he was going to say. Yes. And just because he didn't say it, it was even funnier because he was talking about vindaloo and what, is, what rhymes with <laughs> vindaloo. And, and then he said it smells like, and he didn't say the word. Yes. <laughs> and it's funny that sometimes not saying the word, and everyone knows what the word is, can be even more powerful than actually yes, saying it. And, and talking about that, I mean, I, more and more kids, or there's an extraordinary amount of kids that in their pants and you don't know what that does to a family well you know how <laughs> embarrassing that is for, a, for a, a parent to talk about because they normally they've had it normally there's poo over the wall but they're not saying poo after a while and uh, you know those kids <laughs> they're going to hear lots of words when, they, when, when that situation arises 
Mm. So it's it's just amazing how you've got these things out in the open. Parents are at their wit's end. And the problem is that a lot of kids are damaging marital relationships because of their behavior, their attitude. They don't even say please or thank you anymore. You know, and I'm digressing a little bit, but kids will swear at at a parent and rather than say hello. And it's just, or be very rude. And it's amazing. There's just too much of uh, creeping into it. I was picking up the girls at the school the other day, at a good private school. Not one child that I observed got in that car and kissed their mom. You know, and mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Not one. And you could see the way they, they sort of, the attitude in mm-hmm. getting into the car. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, not mm-hmm. caring. Mm-hmm. So, so the swimming, if they could swim and have manners, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I was I was talking about um, a British parrot who went missing for four years and returned speaking Spanish, and I was thinking about the the the, the neurophysiology of it all. And like people who who who've had some brain injury and they can't speak but they can swear, <laughs> there's there's also something interesting in that um, because parrots immediately when we think of a parrot we think of a parrot that swears. Isn't it funny yes. that yes. and 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 now I don't know whether that's because people teach the parrot? How does the parrot learn that that's going to get a response, do you think? Well, I think that if the parrot, yeah, the, you know, the, to train a parrot, they've got to say the word a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, eventually that parrot, <laughs> maybe he's doing it out of rage <laughs> from just being over, overflowed with that word. Yeah. You've got to be saying to the parrot all day, yeah. say hello, yeah. <laughs> or say whatever. Yeah. So you're going to be a neurotic parrot at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So that's a very interesting topic, I must say. And as I said, when I heard you were going to talk about this, I yeah. thought, let me just see if there is on Google the science of swearing, and sure, yeah. it's, that's the voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ken, thank you so much for, for being game to engage and um, and to timelessly share the Eric Egan uh, polar bear joke. Um, <laughs> because... <laughs> It's a pleasure. Thanks for it. It's a really nice topic. Quite interesting. You could go on for a long time about it. Yeah. But as long as they're not asking for vocabulary, they're just too many words. It sounds like. Yeah. So. We, I mean, we. You know, then we've got. We're, then we're into the thousands, and then we're in big trouble. Yeah. yeah. And that is a podcast. Yeah. They got to register for it. You send them a little podcast. The series. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks very much, and have a nice evening. Yeah, eh? Take well care. Done.